This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals? Personally, I've been experiencing a lot of anxiety, but there's no way that I can get into a professional counselor uh, physically because of the pandemic. If you're like me and really struggling to figure out what to do to help your mental health, BetterHelp is a great option. They will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist who you can start communicating with in under 48 hours. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide, and you can log into your account at any time to send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free of charge to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. One person said that their counselor was a great help from their first session. And they say, I thought I was starting therapy to only boost my confidence, but quickly found there were several underlying unresolved issues hindering not only my relationship with myself, but with others. Visit betterhelp.com slash readingwomen. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Reading Women listeners you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash readingwomen. Hello, I'm Kendra Winchester here with Sachi Argabright, and this is Reading Women, a podcast inviting you to reclaim the bookshelf and read the world. Today, we're talking about books celebrating Black joy. You can find a complete transcript of this episode on our website, readingwomenpodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. So this is our first, I guess, regular themed episode of the year. Yeah. It's really exciting. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for another wonderful season. And I think this year um, with just how we're kind of switching things up with the international focus, I think we'll make that podcast uh, better than ever. So I'm super excited to kick this off with our first uh, theme of the year. Yes, I am just so excited for today because there's so many great joyful books to talk about and considering that we were prepping for this episode during January, uh, (laughs) (laughs) there's such delightful books and whatever chaos is going around you, it's just very comforting to read them. And it's like a shot of sunshine or something, which is pretty great. Yes. I feel like this even just the first couple of weeks of January have been very tumultuous already, uh, at least in the U.S. and I'm sure <laughs> in various parts of the world um, is probably the same. So reading some of the books that we um, were talking about to prep for this episode, just having them to reach towards during a really chaotic time was very helpful. And I know a lot of people in 2020 have been reaching for joyous books, you know, just to escape all of the, the turmoil. And I think the, you know, if that's what you've been doing over the last couple months to cope with the anxiousness and, and, you know, different feelings of maybe not connecting with people because you're quarantining or anything like that, there's more of that for you in this episode that you can uh, kind of lean on if you haven't read these already. So Yes, yes, exactly. Well, before we jump into our books today and some of the different things we wanted to talk about for our theme, um, we have some housekeeping stuff as well. Uh, So we have our newsletter um, that goes out every week. And this year we are trying to feature more international titles, particularly more international releases. 
uh, in different countries. And so like last time I mentioned, if you are from a country outside of the U.S. and the U.K. and you have new books coming out in your territory that you think we would be interested in sharing, email us at hello at readingwomenpodcast.com. We are happy to include them um, in our newsletter and we're trying to promote um, more international titles that way. And of course, you can subscribe to the newsletter via the link in our show notes. The other thing we have is our Patreon. Now, we don't talk about this a ton, but I definitely think we should talk about it more because our content recently has been pretty great, if I do say so myself. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, for our Patreon, like... I just feel like with how big our podcast is, it's a, it is kind of surprising how small our little Patreon community is. I think that, you know, it it can be good to have a small community, obviously for that connection. But, uh, I do think too, that it is probably something that is small because we haven't talked about it very much (laughs) or promoted it very much. And we do have amazing content that's available for our patrons that a lot of people listening might not even know is available. So in just hopes of, uh, informing all of our listeners just uh, about these extra kind of tidbits if you are really um, interested in hearing even some of the behind the scenes around the show and things like that. We wanted to point to that in this first episode to kick off the season to let people know that that's out there. And it's it's honestly pretty affordable to do as well. It's not uh, a huge, hopefully, financial commitment for a lot of people. But um, yeah, so excited to talk about it with you uh, today, Kendra. Yeah, so our most recent episode, Sachi, is the one that you have done with your mom talking about our new theme song arrangement. Yes, so um, for those of you who might not have heard the um, podcast that we had over on Patreon, um, you probably have noticed our new theme song uh, that we have debuted uh, in the start of 2021. And we wanted to kind of, in in conjunction with the international uh, focus and the kind of changing that theme, we were also thinking about refreshing a couple other things about the podcast, including the theme song. And I had um, kind of thrown it out to the team of co-hosts to say, you know, my mom uh, composes music and would love probably the opportunity to um, revamp our our theme song. And everyone was very excited about it. So I contacted her and she was very excited. And um, she worked extremely hard on kind of um, keeping the same melody, but maybe a new vibe um, and kind of new spin on our uh, Reading Women theme song. And you can hear me and my mother both talk about it together about the process of composing in general and then what she had to do uh, and think through when it came to our theme song. And um, if you're interested in that, you can um, gain access to that through our Patreon. Patreon um, subscription. And that will be linked in our show notes. You can go check that out. We've also talked to Liberty Hardy of Book Riot's All the Books, talked to a couple BookTube friends, uh, Matthew Schrappa and uh, Russell of Ink and Paper Blog. And I even one time talked to my mom about what it was like to have a chronically ill kid and I was homeschooled and what that decision was like for her and that process of figuring out homeschooling, which I feel like would be a great topic right now for a lot of parents who find themselves because of circumstances outside of their control, homeschooling their children. Definitely. I really enjoyed that episode. And I think to your point, it resonates even more now. And I think, you know, some of the things that people who have chronic illnesses or disabilities, um, what they've had to deal with for many, many years, we're all experiencing now. And I think it really hopefully allows people to empathize and think better about accessibility in the future when things quote unquote back to whatever new normal we, we go back to keeping in mind, you know, for folks who can't go back to normal and, and their every day was kind of living in quarantine or, you know, staying at your, at their house, um, most of the time that we can all be a little bit better and more cognizant about supporting those individuals and making things as things as accessible as they have been virtually, uh, for the past year or so. So now for our theme. So our general idea for this theme was that we wanted to celebrate Black History Month here in the United States and kind of use that as a um, springboard into looking at 
Black women authors and Black women-led organizations. And to give you all of these resources, you can check out more Own Voices reviews and support these um, Black women-led organizations, not just in February, but all year long. Definitely. And I think that this is a really great, hopefully, starting point for people. And hopefully, you know, if you've heard of some of these organizations in the past, um, but maybe necessarily didn't feel as motivated to jump online and, you know, support them. Hopefully this is um, maybe another friendly reminder um, that, you know, when things such as like the civil unrest that at least happened, you know, in the United States this past summer with the murder of George Floyd and um, things like, like Black History Month every year reminds us to really push towards that. Again, like Kendra said, you know, we want to be supporting um, these individuals and these organizations all year round. It's not just, you know, when traumatic things happen to black individuals is when we should pay attention. We should pay attention all the time. Um, And so hopefully bringing these up um, into our episode and bringing it at the forefront of people's minds um, to support these um, groups throughout the year um, will help folks uh, keep focused on that because that's something that, you know, I personally am working on every day as well. So we also wanted with our international theme to look at a lot of international organizations. So uh, we have a couple American ones, but most of these are outside of the U.S. Uh, So the first one is maybe obvious. That's Well Read Black Girl by Glory Edom, uh, who founded that. And I have admired her work for so long and the way that she created this community and has grown it and has the Well-Read Black Girl, a book festival that's for black women and non-binary folks. I'm just in awe of the work that she has done and knowing how much work that this takes and how consistent she has been providing excellent content and curating a community specifically for black women and non-binary people. It's just amazing. I, I love her and recommend her stuff all day long. She's just really that amazing. Absolutely. And not only that, building that platform and community, but even getting a book published as well, Mm -hmm. which is a huge endeavor. And, um, you know, I feel like a a book that obviously, because she has that large social media presence, I saw everywhere, but um, even like in physical bookstores, I would see it. And um, hopefully that, you know, exposure to the book will get people to engage in the community as well and vice versa. So definitely. And another one is Roxane Gay's Audacity newsletter. And I know mm-hmm. everyone knows who Roxane Gay is. <laughs> but... If you haven't, you need to, please. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I But I've loved her book reviews on Goodreads. She has for several years reviewed books and recommended books. She has mm-hmm. like this blog post or whatever that she does every year of her favorite books of the year. And it is dominated by um, BIPOC authors, particularly black women. And I, I love it so much. And so she started an official newsletter called, uh, the audacity and there's also a book club. And so in January, the pick was black futures. So I bought it. I have the audio ready to go. And I really appreciate the way that she tackles books. And also she loves romance novels. Like she loves Helen Huang. Like what's not to love really? <laughs> I love it. And her Twitter is amazing too. If you don't follow her on Twitter, you're missing out. <laughs> she does all of the things and she does yes. all of them well. And she also yes. loves food and cooking and baking. Absolutely. And obviously she is a highly acclaimed author. So, you know, there's so many different ways, whether it's engaging by reading her books or following her on Twitter or participating in um, book club, all those different ways that you can really support her because she does, you know, as you said, incredible um, job at all the things that she offers. And I love her that her newsletter goes straight to like my iPad and my screen reader can just read it mm. off for me oh, as nice. opposed to like jumping through the hoops that I need to, for example, when I'm trying to read the New York Times, she has mm-hmm. a, a pinging column there as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just a hot mess. So the newsletter <laughs> works really well, which is why I paid for the subscription version of the newsletter. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. That's good to know. So those are our two American picks. And so we have some other ones that we definitely want to mention one is Decentered Lit, 
which is a quarterly book subscription package, and it's Caribbean-based, and they curate, um, obviously, Caribbean titles, mostly by um, Black authors, particularly Black women, and it is Black women-led, and um, I've been following them for a long time. There's some great social media content as well, in addition to the quarterly box. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I started subscribing to this, I think it was, I think I got waitlisted for the December one, but ended up, it's very popular. I, yeah. know, I wasn't <laughs> expecting to get waitlisted um, when I signed up for it. Um, so I don't think I was able to get the December um, box, but I just got the email for the upcoming March box. So I'm very excited um, to get that um, because I think they're doing um, amazing work and um, definitely follow their Instagram and, and other um, platforms as well to Kendra's point because they have obviously great content um, outside of those quarterly boxes. But um, another great way, this is actually one of the things um, I did a couple book subscriptions after the whole book of the month scandal, I said, okay, I'm not going to, um, you know, support this going forward. And I'm going to, uh, try to do some other, uh, box subscriptions that are, um, run by black women organizations. And this was one of them. That is really great. This one and, uh, the Raven reads box, which is oh, focuses okay. on indigenous, um, books and creators and businesses. These uh, are my two, my two favorites. Ah, yeah. Sure. I I joined this one and then the Cafe Con Libros, um, which is also Black women-led. Um, they have a monthly uh, kind of book box type um, service. And so I get a, a book a month from them as well. And it's, it's um, you can kind of cater what type of books you want. So I, I think I just have the BIPOC uh, women authors, but I think there's all kinds of different things uh, genre-wise or selection-wise that you can pick for your different monthly book. Um, so I'll plug that too. It's a, it's American based. So it wasn't on the list necessarily, but, uh, another really awesome, uh, black women led subscription too. How cool is that? Yeah. There's so many, there's so many great book boxes out there. Mm-hmm. I really love that. There's such a wide range and they're so creative. Absolutely. So the next one is more of a community that has been built, and this is Rebel Women Lit. I've subscribed to their newsletter for a long time. And Rebel Women Lit um, has a focus on Caribbean literature as well. And so they have a lot of different facets to this organization. They have like a book club. And I actually went on to their website to read a little bit more to prep for this episode. And they have way more things than I realized (laughs) going on, which is amazing. And yeah. so they have like the Caribbean Readers uh, Awards. Um, they have like a podcast and like all of these different things that I didn't realize, even though I've Ooh. been subscribing to their newsletter uh, <laughs> for a while. So definitely go check it out. Uh, I'm just stunned. They do a great job. That's awesome. And we'll be back with more from this episode of Reading Women afterward from our sponsor. A sponsor of this episode is Prose. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to shampoo and conditioner. We need products that are suited for our unique needs and don't leave us disappointed. I don't know about you, but during this pandemic, everything has changed about my life. My knees have changed. My hair needs have changed. I don't know what's going on with it, but Pros is here for me. I can take their quiz and it tells me all about the needs of my hair based on where I live and what I'm doing. And that's incredible. I didn't even know you could do that with hair. So Pros knows there's more to me than my hair type. And they have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz. And that is fantastic. With their algorithm in over 50 billion formula combinations, Pros determines a unique blend of ingredients to treat my exact concerns and will treat your concerns as well. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care that you've ever had, they will take back their products with no questions asked. Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash readingwomen. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash readingwomen for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. 
the next one is one that Jacqueline told me about and has been working with and, and promoting their work on our social media a lot because they're amazing. And that is Black Full of Book Club. So this is run by two black Aboriginal women in what is now Australia. Uh, so these women are doing a great job of promoting black Aboriginal uh, content creators, as well as indigenous creators and black creators from around the world. I have seen them promote a lot of different content creators and share their work like Danny of Thunderbird Woman Reads and a lot of black creators from around the world and they're doing such great work. So if you are not following Black Full of Book Club on Instagram, this is your time. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's great. So the next uh, podcast that I want to mention is Black Magic Woman. This is hosted by Mundanara Bales, um, who was born and raised in Redfern, Sydney, Australia, and currently lives in Queensland. And this podcast is up uplifting um, the work of First Nations creators and authors and different things. Um, and I found this podcast via the Blackfold Book Club. And so definitely go check out all of the work that uh, Black women are doing in Australia, which is just phenomenal. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I didn't really um, know about these resources until um, Jacqueline had highlighted it to our team. And so I'm excited to start diving into um, both of these organizations, Black Fulla Book Club and Black Magic Woman, um, as uh, a recommendation from uh, both of you. The next one is one that I'm not sure if a lot of people are aware of, but Storygraph, mm. our beloved Storygraph, is led by a black woman. I didn't know this either. I saw this on the list and I was like, oh my goodness, how did I not know this? <laughs> yes, and Nadia is lovely. And she did a live show with Sumaya, which was fabulous. Oh, okay, yeah. And Nadia is so kind and just works so well at creating this community and making it an inclusive space. I really have appreciated that work. And she just has done a phenomenal job with her team to build Storygraph as an alternative community to something like Goodreads. But she includes content warnings, uh, a better challenge, reading challenge setup, and also like mood words that go with each book. So you can have an Ooh. idea of what you will feel when you read the book. Oh, that's wonderful. I still need to get on Storygraph. <laughs> I said in 2021, I'll do it because it's kind of clean, clean break beginning of a, of a new year. And I still need to do it still <laughs> on my list. So that's a good reminder for me. And you can import your entire Goodreads into Storygraph. So you're not yeah. losing all of the work that you've put into Goodreads. Um, our next organization is Africa Access, um, and this is an organization that was founded in 1989 um, to help schools and uh, public libraries and parents um, with the quality of their K through 12 collections on Africa, um, because as we, at least for me, when I was researching um, different books that could um, support this theme, I had realized that a lot of books um, that are centered around like children, children's books in Africa are um, actually written by a lot of white people who are not from Africa. <laughs> and so um, obviously very problematic. And when I found this organization, um, which is by a group of individuals who are from Africa, um, highlighting uh, books that are by African authors about Africa, um, I, I knew that this was going to be an amazing resource for me going forward and wanted to highlight it on the podcast. And um, not only do they have, you know, on their website, they have a full database that they've logged that you can do searches on, which in general, I think was like for me as a book nerd, I was like, oh, a database where I can search stuff. This is awesome. Um, but they also have author profiles and they give out awards um, every year focused around um, African children's books. And um, I think they're they're doing amazing work and um, actually led me to to our one of our uh, picks for today. And I think 
there could have been a whole host of um, wonderful books that probably could have made it onto that spot. This is just the one that I liked um, the best personally, um, but hopefully folks can start utilizing that as well, because even if you don't live in Africa, you can highlight to children, either um, if you're a teacher or if you're a parent yourself, or um, you are a loved one or friend of um, someone with children, um, it's good in general just to expose everyone to all kinds of different cultures, including African cultures. So this is something that you can utilize to find those books. And our last one is one that we might be a little bit biased about, and that that is Dreaming in the Dark. Uh, This is a podcast uh, hosted by two Black fantasy scholars, Bezzy Johannes and Raven K. Stringfield. Yes, that is our very own Bezzy, who did our episode on um, Afrofuturism and African futurism last year. And so- She now has a whole podcast with her fellow scholar, and they talk about all sorts of topics and have guests. Um, The whole first season is available now, and you can go listen to all of them. Yes, and I feel like they both have, you know, while they're both um, scholars of Black fantasy, both of them tackle it in a little bit uh, different ways. And just hearing both of their perspectives on the subjects that they cover, I feel like, um, you know, is really kind of unique and interesting. And I love hearing uh, what they have to say. And yeah, they they cover a lot of different topics and they have guests that are just as amazing as they are. And um, we love the podcast so much, um, not only because Bezzy is one of our own, but because it's truly a quality podcast. So that is... I think I think a good list to get started. <laughs> yeah, a lot. There's a lot for people to chew on. Hopefully, people, uh, you know, love the recommendations because we're always here for probably probably two more, too much more than people are asking for in a good way, right? <laughs> and of course, each of these resources has even more resources. So uh, enjoy yeah. jumping down the rabbit hole of all of this excellent content. <laughs> so for our picks this month, we have something a little special. So this first episode, we're going to share our four picks and we'll have our guest. But our next episode, we wanted to include more Black voices and recommendations from Black creators from around the world. So we will have a series of guests. uh, And in between uh, guest spots, we will discuss our two discussion picks. But we really wanted to prioritize uh, own voices, recommendations, and uh, their perspectives on Black joy as as we should. And so I'm very excited about all of the guests that we have planned. So yeah. um, that'll be very exciting. Yes, I feel like it will be a really great opportunity to hear from somebody new as well than <laughs> just uh, me, and, me and Kendra. And obviously, these are folks um, who are probably much more qualified uh, than us since we are non-Black individuals. Um, so I wanted to highlight those um, those creators and uh, hear their perspectives and their picks um, and also just really celebrate um, the individuals who are doing incredible work um, so we can support them throughout the year. All right. So I think it's time to jump into our picks. Uh, We are kind of starting in America and then moving out Mm -hmm. to international picks. That was kind of the structure that we were thinking of and... uh, Yeah, I'm excited. So why don't we just jump right in? Okay, so our first pick for today is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson, and this is out from Scholastic Press. And just a general overview of the plot is that it is a recent YA release centered around a black high schooler named Liz Lighty. And she lives in Indiana, and she lives in this town that is obsessed with prom, um, which I think they're like these these cities in the U S like really exist. Like if you look up like (laughs) promposals and all this stuff online, like I think it's kind of out of control, (laughs) but, um, I think it's really cool. The setting to like jump into one of these environments because I've never really read or seen a book that is focused on these kind of environments that are like, take very like prom very, very seriously. Um, but I know they're out there. And so, um, Liz herself has never really been into prom book culture at her school. Um, and she, um, is not kind of really into, she's very kind of 
that's something that, you know, I, I have to deal with because I live in this city, but I'm not really into it. Um, but when she finds out that she didn't get a scholarship to her number one preferred um, school where she focuses or wants to focus on music, um, she considers running for prom cream because there's a cash prize that comes with the crown that could help pay for her tuition. And so... This book follows her and her very eclectic group of friends and also a cute new girl in school that she bums into at the prom orientation meeting. And um, Liz kind of hopes to win the crown over some of the quote unquote legacy favorites. And that legit is a whole thing in this book as well. You've got students who are children of parents who had won the crown and so they're kind of these legacy prom families that are expected to win which is just wild <laughs> and um they come from quote-unquote prom royalty and she's hoping to pull out an upset and um dethrone and and uh be crowned prom queen instead um so i really love this book obviously this is one of our discussion picks so we'll dive into more details about how we felt about it but Liz, to me, was just such a dynamic and compelling character. I really enjoyed hearing from her perspective in, kind of instantly and was really rooting for her. I also really love an underdog story. Uh, so I love that. And she's a musician, which I identify with as well. So I think there's a lot of things that people can relate to in Liz. And um, just seeing the twists and turns of her journey throughout the book was really awesome. Her blackness and the queer romance that she is in is just front and center of this book and I loved that and her as a person and a fully realized you know black individual who's allowed to celebrate um, their talents and um, run in this uh, big competition against her peers and um, you know can can be joyous and be focused in a joyous experience versus so many black uh, focused books uh, that are published are surrounded by trauma. And that's why we wanted to highlight some of this today, um, because that's so celebrated in this book and it is so beautiful. So um, this book gave me all the feels at the end. And if, you know, again, if you're looking to dive into something that will make you feel a little bit better about the world that we're living in, this is 100% a great book to pick up. So that was our first pick. You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson, and that is out from Scholastic Press. Kendra, so what is your uh, first pick for today? So my first pick is a book from the UK, and that is Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. This is part of the Brown Sister series, and you may recognize this book because Joss chose the third book in the series as one of her most anticipated books. Ah, yes. And I... I'm very excited about that. And so this book is about Danny Brown, who is the second sister in the trio. And she is a bisexual uh, academic woman person. And so she has all of these like dominant lady vibes going on, which is amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> she has just broken up with her girlfriend um, for various reasons that I don't want to spoil because it's part of her character growth. Uh, but she has decided... That love is pointless. And that she is just going to have, you know, a friends with benefits or something like that. She, she's, you know, just wants sex, no romantic stuff anymore. That is what she's decided. And then someone comes into her life. <laughs> <laughs> and so she has this friend who's a security guard and he often reads romances while he is there and she becomes friends with him and, uh, this weird thing happens that he needs a girlfriend, her to be the girlfriend, because rumors have started and he's trying to work on this new business for <laughs> nonprofit. And, oh, yeah, sure, Danny says, I'll fake date you to help your business. That's fine. That's great. She's like, I'm not into well, romance anyways. <laughs> What's wrong with a fake relationship? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There's such, such logic here <laughs> in <laughs> This So she and Zaf uh, fake date and, uh, well, the book happens. Mm -hmm. So I love this book for so many reasons. Um, one, obviously, is that she's in a straight passing relationship, uh, but she is the more dominant mm -hmm. figure, we might say, in the relationship. Yes. <laughs> which, you d which you don't see that often in romance novels. 
Um, I never really like romance novels with alpha men. That's mm-hmm. just not my thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I love this. <laughs> I love so much. Yes. <laughs> um, and also we're going to, this is our, one of our discussion picks. So we'll talk about this later, but also a lot of times the heroines of a book, they are perfect, right? Mm-hmm. And love hasn't worked out for them because of the trash men uh, <laughs> in their life. But really, uh, she, Danny was the trash person in her past <laughs> relationship, and she has to work on herself. And I think that's a really important uh, thing to talk about because maybe your past relationships didn't work out because you were the, well, I can't say that and <laughs> lose our expletive rating, but Maybe you were not the greatest person in the relationship. Yeah. Maybe you were the common denominator. <laughs> yes. So I, I love seeing that. And there's just something dynamic about the way that Talia Hibbert writes her romances, mm-hmm. the way that the dialogue is so like witty and it's so fascinating. I, I read a romance recently that I love the dynamic between the two characters, but it was like a snooze fest. Mm-hmm. And I really just had much more respect to tell you for, <laughs> for creating amazing romance after amazing romance. So that is Take a Hint, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert, and we'll be discussing that book next time. Yeah. And Sachi, you have our next pick. Yes. So my second pick for today is called Grandma's List. And this is by Portia Derry, and it is illustrated by Toby Newsom. And this is originally published by um, African Bureau Stories and has been reprinted or redistributed by Windmill Books. Um, And this is a fun picture book centered around an eight-year-old girl from Ghana named Fatima. And um, in an effort to prove herself to the adults in her life, she's like, I'm not a kid. I'm just like you adults. Uh, She sets out to complete a list of chores uh, for her grandma. And so... Everything is going great. And then she realizes she realizes that she lost the list. <laughs> and she says, that's okay. I can complete these by memory. And as you could probably guess, some, some missteps happen. <laughs> and so um, this book illustrates a really beautiful and vibrant neighborhood in Ghana uh, that is representative of many African towns um, and teaches children about West African food and culture, um, which, as I, I highlighted previously, um, is, impar- is, is important for any child um, to learn about. And so um, if you're kind of thinking, you know, what lessons can be um, learned from this book, as most picture books are centered around different lessons uh, that children can learn. Um, This is focused on self-perception, recognizing your own strengths, uh, self-confidence, and even empathy. So um, really excited to be highlighting uh, a children's book. You know, we don't really talk about (laughs) children's or picture books that much on the podcast. And obviously there's a large need um, and demand for children's books because there are so many children out there in the world. And so we're super excited to um, be highlighting uh, some uh, some children's books today. So um, that pick was Grandma's List, and that's by Portia Derry and is illustrated by Toby Newsome. I think you make such a great point, Sachi, because those stats came out in the last year. Mm-hmm. What is time? But they came <laughs> out and it was more statistically likely that you would find an animal yes. as the protagonist of a children's picture book than a, uh, a black indigenous or person of color. Yes. And that was abysmal. Shocking. And, and still abysmal. So it's really important that we support these books when they come out so that publishers will see that there is an audience there uh, and also support these authors so that they can continue to create more work featuring um, black girls in particular. Absolutely. In this case. I know. That's just, and Portia Derry is a, um, a black author from Ghana uh, and she um, is, was featured in that African access site along with many other amazing um, African authors. And so, yeah, we need to kind of put our money where our mouth is, right? And support these books so um, publishers see that there is an audience for these and they do um, uh, hold this type of value that people want to, to see and read and hopefully ensures that more of these books are published in the future. Because if a child can relate to an animal, they surely can relate to, you know, a BIPOC individual <laughs> as, as the main character. Yes, definitely. 
Uh, and one of the things that I've seen is that uh, a lot of black women who are celebrities will often write books. So yeah. Viola Davis wrote a book, yes, and which is pretty fabulous. And so uh, my pick for this is Lupita Nyong'o's Solway, and that is illustrated by Vashti Harrison. And I first uh, learned about this book at Book Expo. Um, both Vashti and Lupita were signing books. And Lupita is a Kenyan... Mexican, mm. and she is a brilliant actress, as you probably already know. <laughs> and she said she wanted to write this book because growing up, she was made fun of by other kids because she has darker skin. And I never really read a picture book that tackles colorism mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. And so the story is of a little girl who feels sad that she doesn't have lighter skin like the other members of her family. And her mom sits her down and tells her this story about how both, you know, light skin and dark skin are important and mm-hmm. that she should take take joy in her own uh, body and in herself and the way that she is made. And just teaching a young girl to take joy in who she is, um, I think it's such an incredibly important concept, particularly for young black girls who are just growing up in this world and they don't entirely understand it yet. And the illustrations are phenomenal. Gorgeous. I want to frame them. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, also, uh, Lupita is just recording now, just announced that she's recording an audiobook version of this picture book. So you could give it to someone and give them the audiobook and they could follow along um, and have you know, the book read to them. And yeah. if you're a parent, you know that you read your kids' <laughs> favorite books all the time. Times. <laughs> so if you want a break so you can go, you know, cook dinner or whatever, you now have on an audiobook. Yeah. So. And you can, it's like Lupita Nyong'o's like in your house reading to your child. How amazing is that? Not only can she be on your screen, but you can also, um, you know, have her read uh, to your children like she's there herself. How incredible is that? It's fabulous. And so we wanted to feature two picture books because we don't talk about them a lot and they're an important part of Black Joy and, you know, talking to your kids, uh, particularly if you your children are also Black children and that they see themselves in books is incredibly important. And it's such a topic that we haven't really covered how, um, you know, white picture books are. And so these are great examples of books featuring black girls um, that we should be supporting. Absolutely. Children are the future, right? So if we want, you know, to enact change um, and, you know, progress in the future generation, we got to teach our kids, you know, these lessons and make sure that it becomes the foundation of who they are morally as they grow into adults and um, as we try to enact change for the better for everyone sponsor of this episode is Talkspace. At the beginning of the pandemic, I felt like it would only be a few months and that this all was temporary, but now being in quarantine is really a new way of life, and it's incredibly challenging for our mental health. Sometimes I feel so overwhelmed by everything that I have to do at work, keeping in touch with loved ones, and also not being completely stuck in terms of my goals and what I want to accomplish. And I'm really glad that I have my therapist to talk through the ups and downs of how I'm feeling during this really chaotic period. So if you are like me, you should definitely check out Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day as you sign up. Depending on what plan you choose, you can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have a virtual session from the comfort of your own home. Your therapist can give you practical guidance that can really change your life for the better. As a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code READINGWOMEN to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. That's READINGWOMEN at Talkspace.com. So that is Silway um, by Lupita Nyong'o, and that is illustrated by Vashti Harrison. 
So next is our guest. And so when I thought of Black Joy and (laughs) someone who might uh, be interested in sharing such joy, I immediately thought of Cindy at the Book of Sins. And you might remember her from when we partnered with her for Caribbean Heritage Month uh, last summer. But she's such a joyful person mm-hmm. and she is so kind and but she definitely, you know, puts her foot down uh, that, you know, we need more Caribbean authors featured, particularly mm-hmm. in American publishing houses and I really appreciate the awareness that she raises for lack of own voices or views for Caribbean literature, Mm -hmm. um, particularly books coming out here in America. And so she has two books that she wants to talk about and share around the theme of Black Joy. So without further ado, here is Cindy. Hi, I'm Cindy, also known as Book of Sins. I am a carbon bookstagrammer. I am originally from Jamaica, but I've been living in Trinidad and Tobago for over six years. I love books. I love carbon books. And in June is where we read Caribbean, and I love championing the whole read carbon cause. And I'm here for it. So excited to join Kendra and the Reading Woman podcast for this interview. Thank you so much for having me. So my first book pick is actually A Million Aunties by Alicia McKenzie. It's actually published by an indie publisher out of Jamaica, and I cannot wait to talk about it. The book, The Million, A Million Aunties, is about community. It's about love and it's about finding yourself. And I think that's what I love most about this book. We meet authors, artists, people who are battling grief and they head to Jamaica um, for a weekend at this auntie's house. And it's at the house that they meet this group of people who are having this local farm community. They meet everyone in the community and they just get together and it just flows. And it's just so much joy in the book. Yes, there is grief. There is a artist who lost his wife but it's not trauma porn like I love how the author is able to move beyond the grief and we see how he's able to see joy in the everyday things how is he how he's able to start painting again and just really explore his artistry and um it's just so well done and I love it So the book, A Million Aunties, is about this artist, Chris, who recently lost his wife. And um, in an effort to seek solace and community, he heads to Jamaica. So the person, his agent, recommends that he stays at the agent's auntie's house. And that is where he meets a new community. He explores life in Jamaica. He explores what it's like to love again, what it's like to just be a part of a community that loves you and lifts you up. And I think that's what I really enjoy about this book, that there's this man that is grieving and then finds a community that is there to hold him up. And I think Alicia McKenzie does such a good job of uh, like, there's a part in the book where she says, when you lose a mother, you gain a million aunties. And throughout the entire book, you see that theme um, really showcased in such a great way. I think the reason why I love this book and what makes it special, um, there's the whole theme of black joy and community. And I feel like this is the first time I've picked up a book and I've read about some aunties from Jamaica. And aunties are people who are like older than you. That's not really auntie, but they're people that you respect. So you call them aunties. And there are some aunties. So it starts out that there's Chris who is in Jamaica and then the aunties end up going on a trip to Paris. So um, I was like, my entire cheeks were like just bursting with joy seeing these aunties from a rural community in Jamaica on the streets of Paris. And it just really blew my mind that Alicia McKenzie took it there. I think it's great when we see... um, uh, grief being explored, but it's not explored in a traumatic way that it's, yes, grief will happen, but how do you find community that helps you get through it? And that's something that I felt um, Alicia, again, did such a great job of. There is love. There is um, older women who are like doing good things because I feel like a lot of times when we read books, it's always about young people, the younger generation. We don't hear about the 50, 60 plus aunties who are still out there changing lives and doing good things. So this is why I love this book. So the title of my first pick is A Million Aunties by Alicia McKenzie. My second pick is actually a forthcoming title in the U.S. and it is Loving Color by Bulu Babulula. So this book is actually a collection of stories. It's mythical retelling of stories from across the world. So if you're into mythology, you will love this. If you're not into mythology, you will still love this because it's a collection of stories. So as with every collection of stories, there are some that you will really love and some that you may not love, but you'll thoroughly enjoy. 
I absolutely enjoyed this book. Um, I think from the introduction itself, um, the author talks about her love for love itself. And she's like, if you know me, you know, I love love. I love romance. And that's where I just felt like the author came from such a great space. It's not every day that you pick up a collection of stories um, that is about black love and black joy. Every single one, if you're a romantic at heart, you will love it. I feel like it's one of those books that you have to savor. So don't go in and read the entire book in one day, like I did. Um, Kind of space it out and enjoy each story for what they are and um, the core message that you get from it, which is love. And I just love the title as well, Loving Color. How beautiful is that? The title of my second pick is Loving Color, Mythical Tales from Around the World, Retold by Bulu Babalula. I absolutely love the theme of Black Joy because I feel like a lot of times when I read books that's by Black people, written for Black people, about Black people, it's about struggle, it's about hardships, it's about heartbreak, it's grief, and it's just so heavy sometimes. So I love the theme that explores Black Joy, the theme that explores romance, love, community, and it really does leave you feeling uplifted, like, yes, we can have this. It's great to see when we're not just boxed into this trauma a box that we actually have a room to grow and love and explore romance and find joy. So I think this is just such a great theme to explore. And um, these two books really does dive into that theme, A Million Aunties and Loving Color. Um, it just shows Black people enjoying life and being part of a community that love and uplifts them. So thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you so much to Cindy, who um, provided those amazing recommendations. I'm so excited to read them um, and obviously to focus on reading more Caribbean books throughout the year. Um, And she's always just such a delight. I feel like, you know, she is always such a joyous person who has such a positive energy. And so I think you are, you nailed it right on the head. You know, if we're talking about black joy, she is someone who truly embodies that. And I'm so glad that we were able to get her on the podcast. Well, those are our picks, uh, for our first episode of February. Yay. So we will be back next time, of course, with even more books from various guests. Very excited to share those all with you. Uh, But until then, where can everyone find you about the internet, Sachi? You can find me on Instagram at Sachi Reads. And you all can find me about the internet at KD Winchester. That's K's and Kite, D's and Tilled Winchester, and mostly on Instagram. And that's our show. Many thanks to Cindy for being our guest today. Also, many thanks to our patrons whose support makes this podcast possible. This episode was produced and edited by me, Kendra Winchester, and our music is by Mickey Saito with Isaac Green. Join us next time when we dive into our discussion picks. You should see me in a crown and take a hint, Danny Brown, and hear from more Black Joy recommendations from guests around the world. In the meantime, you can find Reading Women on Instagram and Twitter at The Reading Women. Thanks for listening.